privilege? Quick point um, of personal privilege. Yes. But I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. This is Armstrong and Getty. Our media not just went wild, they're continuing to go wild over it. The lunacy of this, this exercise this is complex. I, I can't go into the great detail to say it. I dare you to do it. My, my fact, I double dog dare you to All do right, it. Go, go. My, my point is, your time is expired. Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? This is Ed McClyde. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Getty. From Studio City. Hey, your Oh, boy, it's a dimly lit room where, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound, and today we are under the tutelage of our general manager, Aramco, the most profitable corporation on earth, the Saudi oil company. Aramco? Aramco, and they're doing a, an IPO soon, too, as soon as they stop getting bombed. Hmm. You're getting on the ground floor. I was just looking at USA Today. U.S. dependence on Saudi oil is at an all-time low, which is good. That's good. Now, back in the day, this sort of an attack on Saudi oil would have been a huge deal for us. Oh, yeah. Now, I think as Mitt Romney said yesterday, we've been selling the military stuff forever. Why don't they deal with their own military problems? I had that same question. This is a pretty good uh, pretty good angle, in my opinion. We've, we've sold you the best planes that exist and everything. Use them. On the other hand, you know, they've they've bought them from us, which has helped our economy and the rest of it. So we appreciate it. Thank you. Come again. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see what happens. So Their cooler heads have prevailed, at least temporarily. Yeah. Boy, Trump's being uh, measured. Got to appreciate that. Not even really, you know, calling out. We're, we're, you know, still trying to nail down who's behind this. While Pompeo's out saying it was Iran. Come on. Give me a break. Yeah. President saying we're still waiting to waiting to see. What's going on? So, acting like a grown-up. Appreciate that. Um, we uh, discussed it yesterday, and I believe we predicted correctly. It's not a surprise. You don't have to be too too sharp to read the room in America right now that uh, Saturday Night Live, NBC pulled the plug on that comic who had made racist comments on tweet. As Joe pointed out yesterday, you now just declare things racist. It's not uh, racially tinged or racial things, and then it's up to other people to decide whether or not they're racist. Now, everything's right. just declared by... By news outlets to be racist. Yeah, some 27-year-old reporter just declares it racist. And, and of course, NBC backed down because that's, the, you know, the cancel culture. That's the world we live in now. How are you ever going to find a comic as Saturday Night Live goes forward that doesn't have some social media in the past that will disqualify him? Either a racial joke or a, a sex identity joke or something like that that would disqualify him. They're not going to be able to find anybody to work at Saturday Night Live right. that uh, grew up in the social media world. I'll bet one ex-girlfriend who claims something kind of unpleasant sounding would be enough, too, at this point. Um, I don't know what, but yeah, I, I wish him well. There, and, and I've been calling for this. I've been predicting this. I've been uh, saying how much I'll enjoy it as the left eats itself. It makes it impossible to live their own lives. So good luck. You're going to just hire comedians who've never said anything edgy. That should be great. <laughs> that sort of person generally is really funny. Yeah. That is never, when they were 15, 16, 19, whatever years old, they never went on social media and said anything edgy. That's going to work great. They never workshopped a bit in some tiny club anywhere that they realized, that's nah, it's probably over the line. Nope. Um. 
Uh, duh. So uh, Cory Booker made a comment about race in the debate last week that reminded me of something I've been following uh, in their whole world of intersectionality and political correctness and everything like that. I want to talk about later how he really, uh, if you're if you're um, if you're familiar with the, I hate the term dog whistles, but I guess key words for that movement, Cory Booker uh, went there mm. on Thursday night, and most people probably didn't even notice it, but uh, we'll talk about that later. So he dog whistled. Yeah. His dogs. Yeah. To the, the politically correct world. Oh. I um, didn't even notice it went right around me. Let's uh, introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start there with our board operator, Michelangelo. Preston Buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing great. Uh, speaking of Saturday Night Live, I'm really hoping that they come out with the uh, crazy Joe Biden character now that he's uh, you know been saying crazy <laughs> things. I really think they had, a, had the plot like yesterday where it's a nice moment with parents and kids and then he somehow ruins the situation all the time by saying something that goes off of some horrible tangent. Do they have a Biden? The most recent Biden I remember them having on Saturday Night Live was Jason Sudeikis, Sudeikis, however you pronounce his name. And he was really good as Biden, but he left the show. They they might have to bring him back the way they they bring back Alec Baldwin to do the Biden. Because you got to have a good Biden. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially now, you know, yeah. with all this stuff going on. I just hope they have Alec Baldwin doing Donald Trump to open the show I'll every tell you single what, episode. If the first show opens up with the face of Alec Baldwin doing Trump, I'm going to groan loudly. Oh, boy. Yeah. Really? Surely not. Uh, there is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing all right. I'd finally had enough. I'd been price gouged by the vending machine here for far too long. <laughs> Good the, for you. Uh, the, the, the orange, uh, they, they call them cheese peanut butter crackers. I don't taste cheese. They're just orange crackers with peanut butter in the middle. Uh, they, they, they are a dollar a piece for the little packages of six, and I, I say no more. I went to the I went to an actual store proper. I got a package of like eight or ten of them for like a buck fifty. There you these go. things are going for a dollar. So now not only am I eating for cheaper, I'm flipping these to other employees in the building. <laughs> like fifty cents a piece. I'm undercutting people. <laughs> Market forces at work, bitches. Wow. I like it. Shopping for your food at stores. Hmm. Well <laughs> you'd think I'd catch on to it, but I haven't. <laughs> it's the stupid tax. That's what the convenience store is. Right. You didn't get milk. You didn't get enough milk at the grocery store the other day. So you're going to buy our old milk that expires later this afternoon but for twice right the price. By, right, but we're right by the road, stupid. So come on in. <laughs> and what the, percentage of the economy do you figure is the stupid tax? It's 87%. I don't know. But it's well, significant. Yeah. And the vending machine at work is a step beyond that. You couldn't mm. even stop at the convenience store. Right. So now you're at work hungry surprised that you would be hungry, though you've been hungry every day you've ever been at work in your life. Approximately around the same time. (laughs) Hey, 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 you know what this snack costs? What we tell you it costs. Now buy, idiot. (laughs) Buy, says the vending machine. We get milk at one convenience store every once in a while when we get in a jam, and that stuff barely makes it through the afternoon. Ooh. I don't know what they do. <laughs> I don't know what they do to it, but turning in three, two, sold. <laughs> There's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm all right. Boy, I tell you, the streets around the Radio Ranch certainly are populated by the strange early in the morning. 
I saw the angel again. Oh, wow. You've been touched by an angel. She's your angel. A woman wearing all white. I took uh, more notes. She's got like a ribbon in her hair. Now, last week you attempted to run over your angel. You've caught on to the fact, though, this is your guardian guardian angel, and you should stop and maybe get some wisdom well, instead of run her over. Here's the deal. She had her white tennis skirt on again. She was in the mall parking lot. So I waved at her. I said, hey, how you doing? And she looked very frightened and walked away very quickly. Mm, man. But uh, I don't know why she's out there. It's really odd because I come into work. Like, why she's a drug addict. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because it's difficult to sleep with a head full of meth. Right. <laughs> That'd be my guess. Anyway, and, you know, the characters around here in the middle of the night are just amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's colorful. So, Yes, yes, uh, indeed. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Tuesday, September 17th, the year 2019, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, then, let's get started officially according to FCC rules and regulations at Mark. And I'm sorry I called you Esther Williams, because I realize that even now, in 1962, that's a really old reference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I've got Mark Stein on that uh, angle of the story a little bit later in the show. He was funny last night. I'll bet. (laughs) That whole thing is hilarious. If you don't know what we're talking about, I don't know what to do to help you. Old Joe Biden told a crazy rambling story, and it was funny. In which he, uh, Joe Biden-like, invoked several very old-timey things. You know how you used to put your your straight razor on the rain barrel overnight? No, I don't know how you used to do no, that. No, I, 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 I can gather from context people used to do that, but... I've never no, known anybody with no a idea. rain barrel. No. I said, hey, Esther. <laughs> hey, Esther. <laughs> um, what are other... Corn Pop was a bad dude. What are other headlines there, Marshall? Well, President Trump on Iran, we don't want war, but the GM uh, strike costing the company millions of dollars a day, and Sean Spicer lighting up Dancing with the Stars. Oh, boy. Sean Spicer on Dancing with the Stars. Yes. The the merging of entertainment and politics and serious discussions with non-serious discussions. It's just, it's it's a weird, it's a weird. Whatever. Whatever. Exactly, President Trump, former reality star. Uh, 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 Wow. Yeah, good point. Um, I think it's more that it's out in the open. It's just all entertainment. Yes. Yeah, and now it's just undeniable. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of uh, politainment, the uh, shocking bombshell New York Times book slash article that everybody was talking about yesterday, the authorettes are out doing uh, interviews about it, and honestly, I've found what they've said to be pretty interesting, Mm. Um, and... Absolutely not uh, a good look for the New York Times, I will tell you that. Hmm. And not a good look for the uh, um, antagonists to Judge Kavanaugh. I mean, they're more pathetic than I thought they were. That's saying something. Yeah, I know it. So, um, where are we in the show? We Very early. Uh, oh, how's <laughs> mail? Very early. The early going. I got no idea. The opening ceremonies are still underway. Mailbag. Let's all find out together. We're waiting for Uganda to march out into the stadium. They still aren't. Show's on the way next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
We were discussing the, the wisdom or lack of wisdom involved in uh, people who, uh, who think ahead. Hey, I'm going to be hungry at work this time like I have every other day at work. So I think I'll bring something from home. Whether I buy in bulk at Costco or I make a sandwich, whatever, versus me and others like us who are surprised that we're hungry every day and buy from the, uh, the little vending machine thing. Um, I, I remember saying to you like 15 years ago, you're like a tiger. You're walking through the jungle, you get hungry, so you begin to seek a monkey. You actually, something like you actually that. said that to me 25 years ago, which Good is Lord. frightening. Wow. Um, uh, Go to the monkey store, <laughs> buy half a dozen monkeys, and put them in your desk. <laughs> and then you have one at work every day, and you don't have to pay five times as much for a, actually a sub-quality monkey. <laughs> well, we got this text on uh, people who plan ahead, because this is one of the problems. I did that with beef jerky. I bought a whole bunch. Oh, Turns out yeah. I ate the whole two-week supply by 10.30 the first day. <laughs> wow, that's that is what will happen. the hungry tax. Particularly with beef jerky, I find that to be a problem. Yeah, it's like I've bought a little bit for every day. Oh, boy. I ate it all the first day. Oh, boy. Uh, mailbag. <laughs> Look, I'll give you one of my monkeys. All right? Go to the store. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from none other than George Washington, sent along by Chris, who is listening to Ron Chernow's biography of G.W. That's a great book. It's very long, but it's really good. I'm utterly incapable of uh, memorizing author names, so I have no idea if I've read it. I may have. Quote... He's the guy who wrote Alexander Hamilton that turned into the musical. Mm. That guy. The new government, he believed, has to punish infractions and instill reverence for the law. Now, here's the quote from, from George. If laws were trampled upon with impunity and a minority is to dictate to the majority, there is an end put at one stroke to Republican government. For instance, if some city decided that we don't have to follow immigration law, We'll just declare how superior we are and not turn in any, you know, dangerous criminal aliens. Yeah, well, yeah, because once you see that lawlessness and the lack of accountability for it, one might put out the uh, point out the, the bullet train in California, for instance. You just figured, screw it. Why would I follow the law? Moving along. Oh, the title of this one is A Piece of Mailbag Email Thing. I am from California with gruesome Gavin Newsom. I love your show. I am 13, and I'm listening to you on my Echo Dot. Wow. James, 13-year-old Californian listening to the show. Thank you, James. Appreciate it. You ever put your straight razor on the rain barrel overnight? Oh, boy. Oh, golly. You know, on that topic. You a big uh, fan of Esther Williams there? Yeah, the the, the old straight razor. Hey, Esther. The old straight razor maneuver, that's, uh, you know... And that those days, you used to remember the straight razor, you'd bang them on the curb, get them rusty, put them in a rain barrel, get no, them rusty. I don't remember that. Steve, who seems like a nice guy, but now scares me, right? Yeah, you rust the blade to make the, any wound get infected, but you hit the blade on the ground to make it dull so that the wounds are not clean slices, but jagged rips and tears and makes it harder to stop the bleeding. Yeah, I... I, I, I get, Yikes! I inferred that, but his... It's putting it out there to us. Yeah, of course we all know that. That's just, you know. We you remember when you used to bang your, your straight razor on the ground to make it 
No, she really ripped their flesh off their and bodies. That, that those days, used to remember the straight race. You'd bang them on the curb, get them rusty, put them in a rain barrel, so they get them rusty. they bleed out, and you'd die of infection, and then your enemies would be gone. Anyway, there was, there was at the pool. None, none of us in the crowd have done that. We don't get into knife fights. We were here for the swimming pool reopening. <laughs> yeah. I understood this is going to be short, then we could swim. <laughs> but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Oh, boy, okay, is that right? Finish hey. your story. Finish huh? your story. <laughs> Joe in San Francisco writes, Beto knows he doesn't have a chance, but he might make a good living as a CNN slash MSNBC panelist. Ooh, that's a good one. That's why he's going big on the gun boy, uh, confiscation and, and, thing. And that would be so much better a job than being a politician anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You can do that for practically for life, it looks like, for a lot of these people. Yeah, I don't, yeah well, president's a pretty good job. I mean, well, yeah, but he's not going to be president. So no. explaining why he's, he's not going to be anything at this point. Right. Explaining why he continues to go at it the way he's going at it. Yeah, he could get he could absolutely be a panelist on CNN. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, that uh, meme uh, on the Internet, you see the picture sometimes that awkward moment when, uh, well, it's a picture of Bateau. And it's that awkward moment, awkward moment when a burglar wants to ban home defense weapons. Well, that's right. He was a burglar oh, in his younger days. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody should have guns in their home. The government should come and take them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, leave your windows open. You get a nice breeze at night. Says Beto O Thief. Huh? Am I wrong? I'm not wrong. So with thirty seconds, I don't have time for that. Don't have time for that. Do not gotta, have time for that. We've got to follow up on the uh, the Biden story from yesterday. we got the rest of mailbag. We've got Marshall's News. You remember when you used to get your drill bits nice and rusty so you could drill into your enemy's eyeballs? No, Gadget. I don't remember Take that. Take out. It makes a difference. <laughs> <laughs> if wrapping a chain around their head didn't take care of business, you <laughs> bring out the drill. <laughs> glad we're not at war with Iran. I just scan headlines on a regular basis, and it would seem that the greatest threat to America is vaping, <laughs> as that is in the news constantly. Yes, it is. We'll try to get you up to speed on everything today. News now with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump is moving to downplay concerns about oil and gas prices at his rally in New Mexico last night. He was telling the crowd, today, we got a lot of oil, we got a lot of gas. President going on I know to point, I do. Yes. President going on to point out You know, a few years ago if we had a problem like you saw two days ago in the Middle East, we would have been in a panic. Although not if I were your president, we never panic. Earlier in the day, Trump said it looks like Iran was responsible for the attack on the Saudi oil facilities, which caused oil prices to spike and raised new concerns about war in the region. But he tamped down talk of a quick military response, saying, I don't want war with anybody. I'm somebody that would like not to have war. He went on to add, The United States is more prepared than any country in the history of, of in any history, if we have to go that way. Uh, as to whether or not we go that way, we'll see. We'll have to find out definitively who did it. The history of history. Very measured responses there. Meanwhile, we got a new NBC News report. Uh-oh, bailout. <laughs> there you go. See, see, Bernie, that's what you do. If yes. You end up with a little frog in your throat. Yes. You, you clear your throat, and then you go Say, on. Excuse me. <clears throat> yes. Right, yes. Meanwhile, NBC... Somebody texted that Bernie must have declared his throat a wetland. 
I'm sorry. I just didn't know. From an environmental standpoint, he has to let the frogs stay there. Oh, I get it. Oh, boy. Meanwhile, NBC News is reporting U.S. intelligence agencies believe, indeed, the weekend attack on the Saudi oil refinery was launched from Iran. Well, there has to be a response, though. I mean, that was a strong act of war. So there has to be a serious response. It doesn't have to come from us. But somebody's got to respond. You can't let them get away with that. Negotiators for General Motors and the United Auto Workers Union talking around the clock now as their nationwide strike goes into a second day. The strike started out on Sunday, midnight Sunday, and it's costing GM tens of millions of dollars a day. And Israelis are going to the polls today in a vote that will decide whether Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, already the longest-serving leader in Israeli history, will continue to lead the country. He's being challenged by retired military chief Benny Gantz, whose uh, blue and white party is neck and neck in the polls with Netanyahu's party. Former uh, big-time military leader. Yes. Gantz. And so, uh, you know, he's an intriguing candidate. Netanyahu can't probably pitch him as a, you know, a weakling or a dove. I'll uh, be curious to see how this turns out. My friends, go ahead and be like Positive Sean. Have some tea today. It might boost your brain power. Got a new study from Singapore researchers that finds regular tea drinkers have better organized brain regions compared to non-tea drinkers. And having better organized brain because regions... Because of the tea, or do they know that or not? Because of the uh, what's in the tea, the elements in the tea. Yes, the tea elements. Yes. Come on. Well, I'm just thinking that the, the average tea drinker has probably has a different lifestyle than the average coffee drinker. Yeah, they yes. got like eight to ten cats, for instance. <laughs> False. They drink more tea. <laughs> that is one of the tip-offs. Yeah. Those, they found that uh, those who drank uh, either green or black tea had it at least four times a week for about 25 years, had brain regions that were interconnected in a much more efficient way. Okay, they don't know it's because of the tea. No, my brain regions are so much more connected than your guys. The you don't of, even know. The he, sort of, he can't even understand the study. The, yeah. other, here. Yeah. the sort of person well, that listens to classical musical, uh, music and reads the Atlantic is more likely to drink tea. So no, the, the Singaporeans know that. They've teased all of that out of the study. Right. I hope so. It's right. Purely the tea. Okay. Yes. Anti-teaists. <laughs> Good luck getting on Saturday Night Live with your hate speech. <laughs> Former White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer is not shy about Dancing with the Stars. He made his debut on the show last night dressed up in a neon green ruffled shirt <laughs> and shaking it to what else? The Spice Girls. After his dance, Judge Bruno chimed in. What were you doing there? It was like being attacked by a swarm of wasps. I actually have to say, there was some elements of salsa there. Not always on time or on rhythm. <laughs> and, you know, in your hip action, at times, it looked like they were setting cement your hips. You have to get them going a little bit more. But I have to say, it was strangely entertaining. Where's that guy from, Transylvania? <laughs> um, the show that is entirely a publicity stunt. <laughs> oh, right. So, so hip action. <laughs> we had the comedian last week talking about uh, uh, journalists, your big-time journalists who go into movies and TV shows playing themselves, and then ask the question, how did Trump become president when they're willing to blur the lines between news and entertainment? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've got a guy in uh, Sean Spicer who doesn't bother me, but for half the country... He's Himmler to Trump's Hitler. I mean, uh-huh. he is hes this evil dude that was part of the new modern Hitler. <laughs> yes. And he's on Dancing with the Stars yes. because, of the, because of the never-ending blur 
of what's real and what's just for, for fun. It's now, weird. Now that you mention how repugnant it must be to those people, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> now I'm in favor of it. Oh, there he is in his ruffled shirt. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was good. quite a look he had going <laughs> yeah, there. Wearing yeah. the, wearing the white pants. Something. And oh. the white pants are not the best look if you're uh, a Zoftig of a... Uh, slightly <laughs> puffy. If your hips are action all stuck in cement, don't yeah. wear the white pants. <laughs> your hip action. <laughs> wow. That is some shirt. So some comely uh, young galleys. Uh, he's, he's she was the champion from the previous season, Joe. Oh, yes, yes. But, but, but remember, he's he's supposed to be a hated figure. Like he's part of the people marching in parades with. Right, I know. With the resist T-shirt, the new dictatorship. Trump is trying to become a dictator. And that's his spokesman. <laughs> and look, he's on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, and he's with the, they paired him with the last champion. <laughs> it's a weird world we well, live in. Well, you know what? It, it all, it, it, it makes it clear, inescapable, the absurdity of all of it. The idea that Trump is Hitler and, and Spicer's is Himmler and there's going to be a dictator's here. And then, you know, a year later he's on Dancing with the Stars and everything's fine. It also explains part of the, uh, part of the never-ending outrage is, 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 is it's a TV show. You're mad at right. this TV show, but it's a TV show. Right, it's like a soap opera. Yeah. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. You know, speaking oh, idiocracy is what it is. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm about due for another viewing of that uh, cutting documentary on the American scene. Um, they claimed it was a comedy when they put it out, but it's no longer the least bit fun. Well, it's kind of funny. Uh, so I feel uh, a little guilty in my conscience here. And we got this note from the good folks at WITN22 News in Wilmington, Delaware, I think. Um, and, and they want us, if we use the video to share the original from their Facebook page, I have no idea how they figured out, they probably did a search, an internet search and sent out a form letter. Because they say, we're a small station, large media outlets, well that ain't us, just hijacked our video a little journalistic integrity would be nice, again, does not apply to us, or I'd settle for common courtesy. Um, I'm cool with sharing, but this was sad. So some angry uh, person, their viral, their video went viral, and people were just zapping it around to each other. And I guess they're that's they're the way it works in the modern world, whether you like it or not. That. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's 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 nice. Thanks for thanks for writing, Hanson. Why don't you reach out to him? Send him a box of chocolates. All right, you know it'd be nice that fruit on a stick. That the, what do you call that? <laughs> the fruit, fruit on a bouquet? stick. That'd be a nice gesture, nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. I hate to anger the good folks at WITN22 in Wilmington. You're Check gonna, that box. You're going to be regularly disappointed if you expect credit for any uh, sound clip or video clip as it goes uh, viral in a meme in the modern world. But we here at the Armstrong and Getty Show embrace our professional ethics. Among other things, people continuing to uh, comment on the fantastic story that Uncle Joe... Grandpa Joe told about the straight razor in the Joe chain. Biden. Joe yeah. Biden. Uh, among other things on the way, um, I want to talk about Cory Booker's nod to a particular uh, brand of political correctness that is uh, that is catching on. It's been a thing on college campuses for a while. All right. He's trying to make it go mainstream. Explain what that is on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. 
going to assume that you heard the Joe Biden clip from yesterday, because if I set it back all up again, it'll take all the fun out of this. It's explaining a joke, and it just takes all the fun out of it. So I'm going to assume you heard it, since we did it like five times yesterday. But this is Mark Stein going on about Joe Biden's speech about the near rumble at the pool that he experienced. He went Esther Williams. That's brilliant. You come. Uh, for the benefit of your younger viewers, by which I mean uh, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, uh, <laughs> the, Esther Williams was the star, as you know, of Million Dollar Mermaid, Dangerous When Wet, and my personal favorite, Skirts Ahoy. We all know, if you're surrounded by MS-13 members, uh, that uh, they absolutely, they, they don't mind, they, they, they let it go when Adlai Stevenson compared them to Sonia Henney in Sun Valley Serenade, and when LBJ said, uh, that pillbox hat makes you look a little bit like Doris Day. They let that go, but if you call them Esther Williams, you better be prepared to have a six-foot metal chain with you. <laughs> oh, I thought that was funny. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, the craziness has just begun. Oh, well, yeah, I, I would assume. Well, and listen. <laughs> You know, I don't have a great stock in Joe Biden as a candidate. Oh, I, you know, I, don't, I don't swing his way, politically speaking. But as a, a, a pundit and prognosticator, I've been thinking he's probably going to be the nominee. You know, not just conventional wisdom, but it makes sense. And he's a beloved character, blah, blah, blah. And every time he babbles or, or like, loses his way in a sentence or comes off as a rambler or talks about record players in Venezuela in a debate, I think, oh, wow, or maybe not. And I've got to believe the probable Joe Biden voters have that same eroding of confidence every time he does something like this. And I just, there's a lot of time to erode left. Mm. Brr. But I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. I'm not just saying. I, uh, it's very combative. So, so quick to anger. So another a big political story of the last 24 uh, or, or, well, more hours than that, but the last several days, is the uh, shocking new Brett Kavanaugh allegations that made the New York Times. And then the New York Times had to admit that, well, we, we left anything out of the story that would make it seem uh, kind of like a non-story, and sorry about that. Uh, but the authors, uh, the two New York Times uh, journalist women, are making the rounds. I'll play you a brief clip of some stuff they said on CNN this morning. Why wouldn't this woman speak about her own experience? I, my sense is, from those who know her, is that she doesn't remember it. And, I mean, let's remember that this was a drunken party, and it's conceivable that people don't always remember what happens in a situation like that. A lot of drunken people, you know, Brett was taken over to her by his friends. They were drunk. She was drunk, and they put his penis in her hand. Um, why this is meaningful is, for us, from our perspective, is you actually have someone who is named, who is known in Washington, who tried to get this story to the, the appropriate authorities when it would have been relevant to his... Uh, and you're referring to Max Steyer. referring to Max Okay. So a couple of really interesting things from that interview, which I listened to in its entirety. Yes, that's right. For you, I subjected myself to CNN for about five solid minutes. I'll be undergoing detoxification and, and antibiotic treatments later today. Uh, a couple of points. Number one, they, they say at one point somewhat exasperated, look... This book isn't about that allegation. The Max Steyer stuff is like two paragraphs. Well, that happens all the time with these books. And I thought of you, Jack. I thought of you. All the time, these non-picture, almost always. Often enough that you need to watch out for it. If there's a new book out, the nugget you first hear 
about the book, the political book, is almost always nothing and misreported. Right. And it's a tiny part of the book. All it is is the most hot gossip-worthy tidbit of the book. Gotcha. That, it might that be explains. tangential at best. but And, and to that point, the gals... Um, said, listen, the book is about the culture of the time and the atmosphere and the rest of it, and you know, which I don't find terribly compelling. I was in college. I was hammered. I know what it's like. Um, so, you know, that was fine, but I found that intriguing. Yeah. Also, the, the CNN anchorette, who is just obnoxious, um, opened the interview with a hard grilling over that controversial tweet of the other day, which I... Nothing I had in front of me. I can't remember. But um, we're, the New York Times, in an effort to, uh, to publicize the story and get more people to click on it, tweeted something to the effect of, well, wagging your penis at somebody drunkenly might seem like innocent fun. And, um, and, and then they had to retract that because that was a terrible thing to say and and the journalists wouldn't answer questions about who wrote it. Allegedly, one of them did. Uh, but they apologized and said it was, we need to move on. We're not going to cast blame, blah, blah, blah. And during the entire thing, that discussion and then the subsequent one, I kept thinking, this is proof of how insane the left is right now. They dared suggest that a bunch of hammered college kids who were laughing and doing silly stuff. I'm just drunk. And nobody, or only a few people remember what happens. Nobody claims to have been hurt or had their life changed or anything like that. I mean, there's just no significance to this. But for daring to suggest that some people might dismiss it as just drunken shenanigans, for even admitting that was possible in their tweet they were bitterly castigated by the left and had to apologize for that denying the reality that anybody would think come on that's just college kids being nuts they can't even recognize that some of their their list their uh, readers might make that mistake to even verbalize that is unforgivable how friggin insane is that I think they're trying to promote the story and say, listen, this might sound like innocent fun, but it's not. How dare you suggest that you people have lost your minds. And the the story is completely dead now. I mean, because even the the, the crowd on the left oh, no. is, is saying, ah, you know, Joe Scarborough said on MSNBC yesterday, he said it's a stunning decision to leave that central fact out of the article. Um, he tweeted that out about how Molly Hemingway had come forward and pants the New York Times and how embarrassing it was the New York Times had uh, gone with that glaring omission in their article. That the gal didn't remember what happened. And and, uh, right. and they didn't talk to her. and th- right. They just left that out of the article. Yeah. So um, so if, if Joe Scarborough on MSNBC is saying that's an embarrassing uh, look for the New York Times, well, then that story is dead. Yeah. To me, it's really troubling that the presidential candidates so quickly went to impeaching a Supreme Court justice right. on that flimsy story. Right. I mean, that's the witch hunt atmosphere we're in, where people just immediately go to the furthest extreme. Yeah. Yeah. It's utterly unsupportable, the idea that over this article slash book, he should be impeached. It is unsupportable. Supportable. Well, you know, bigger picture. What's this going to do to uh, our conversations? Well, we I think we know we we uh, we ignore it or 
divide into camps or whatever. But if we're going to swing this radically back and forth mm-hmm. over, you need to be impeached, you need to be, you should be in jail. That's rape. That I mean, just back and forth. Yeah. Um. Uh, for for days at a time, and then the stories go away completely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it's it makes your head spin around. Those who do think this is an organized effort of some sort believe it's all about abortion and Roe versus Wade, and they want to terrify anybody who who might become a Supreme Court justice into not going ahead with it. Because we will humiliate you, we will destroy your character, we will attack your family, we will not relent, we will continue for years. You know, the CNN angle of what, of course they're trying to spin why it's still significant, even as they're forced to recognize that the, the story itself in the book has really nothing to do with impeaching Brett Kavanaugh. I mean, like I said, it's just, it's unsupportable to even talk about it. In the context of the book. But what they're saying is, well, the problem is that this Max Steyer came forward with these allegations to the FBI, and the FBI did not thoroughly investigate. But, that man, that's some thin, thin soup right there. And and Max Steyer wouldn't comment for the book or the, the article anymore or do interviews, and they asked the authors why. And they said, well, his view was he brought it to the attention of the Justice Department. They took a look at it and didn't pursue it, so he'd done his thing. And wasn't going to spend any more time on it. That says something. If he'd seen Brett Kavanaugh assassinate Lincoln, you know, I think he'd probably still be pursuing it. That'd be something. Drunken shenanigans. Nobody cares.